Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Elysium Project. I am Hercules Invictus, and I'm honored to announce our first segment, The Age of Heroes. Our guest is Councilperson Jeff Grossman uh, from Tenafly, and I'm greatly looking forward to catching up with him. Greetings, Jeff. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well uh, also. Uh, This year was an interesting one, and next year promises to be an even more interesting one. So (laughs) I have my eyes fixed on the future. Well, I do want to wish you and all of your listeners a happy holiday season, and I hope everything good for 2020, a new decade. Thank you very much. The same to you and yours, my friend. Thank you. So I know we were, we're going to talk about recycling. Yes. But before that, can I, can I add something that I'm doing with my uh, students in my school that I think is kind of cool? Of course. So one of the things, are you familiar with a website, freerice.com? No, I'm not. So, so it's really a neat idea. It's something I discovered a few years ago. And I've had my seventh graders do this every year. Freerice.com is a series of companies that have agreed to donate money to the um, 
to the United Nations Food Project. And what they've done is they've set up a game. All you have okay. to do is answer questions. If you answer the questions right, every question is 10 grains of rice. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is kind of neat. So, so the questions are things like, uh, the default is vocabulary. If you go onto their website, it starts out with vocabulary, but they have geography, science, um, world languages, math, all different topics. And you can play as long as you want. Every question you get right, they will donate enough money to provide 10 grains of rice. When you get a question wrong, there's no penalty. It's not like they take away 10 grains. Which is so good. Something, yep. And my students, their challenge, in the, well, since we call this the season of giving, instead of taking, I want them to give, their goal is to do 5,000 grains of rice each. Oh, awesome. So they get to test their knowledge and expand their knowledge while they're helping to feed people. That is incredible. I put a link to I it. I went while you were talking. I consider that a win-win. As do I. That is incredible. Uh, a lot of people are doing a lot of creative things to help address uh, uh, world uh, challenges, and that is very encouraging. Uh, and uh, I will link to this every now and then to keep people focused on it. This sounds like a wonderful thing. It is. You should check it out. It's a lot of fun to play the game. And the only thing that that your listeners should be aware of is, while I've challenged my students to 5,000 grains of rice, and that sounds like a lot, uh, one day I did a calculation based on how many ounces there are in a grain, it takes about 19 to 20,000 grains of rice to feed one person for one day. Wow. So that would be like one or part of a meal. It, it wouldn't, uh, uh, yeah, it would be one of four meals. Basically, which shows you how much work has to be done. But I, I play it all the time to try and up my ante and help people out. And I, I will tell you, I was skeptical when I first heard about the website, but I have checked it out and they are legit. They're linked to um, food hunger project through the United Nations and seem to be doing great work. Now, does someone uh, donate to this uh, cause or is it just by playing games? There are companies who match, uh, uh, who meet the winnings or match the winnings? There are a number of companies that have agreed to donate the money based on all the questions answered correctly. So this is great in that uh, someone without leaving their home or their desk at, at school can actually uh, uh, perform actions that will uh, expand their mind and help uh, world hunger. How, you, you can't beat that. No, you can't. And, and I tell my students, I don't care which games they play, if they want to improve their language, math, science skills, doesn't matter to me, even though I teach social studies doesn't have to be geography, any of that stuff. 
a lot of them do the vocabulary. And what happens is it starts out with simple, and the more you answer correctly, it goes to more complex questions. Do you win increasingly greater amounts of uh, rice for um, answering more complex uh, or difficult questions? I wish you did. No, it's 10 grains every time you get one correct. If you get it wrong, what it does is it backs up to a slightly easier level. Okay. Who thought of this? This is genius. I'm really not sure who came up with the concept at first. I, I used to know that when I first started, but I think it is absolutely brilliant. Whoever put together should be commended. As a, my students in total over, let's say, the last five years have probably done half a million to three-quarters of a million grains of rice. So I'm proud That's of them, impressive. and I'm proud of the project. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm, I'm going to keep bringing attention back to this, and I will thank you for providing us with the resource because uh, that is incredibly often. Uh, a lot of people wonder what can they do, and here is something that anybody with a computer can do. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have to go off to one of these countries and bring the bags of rice. They're, they're being provided. So it's literally, as you said, from the comfort of your own home and from your computer. Now, um, here locally in uh, Tenafly with uh, the recycling, Mark was on recently, uh, and Mark mm-hmm. uh, talked about why the leaves aren't getting picked up and uh, you know, what the, um, the thoughts behind that and what the uh, desire behind that are. Uh, and it sounded great. It'll, it'll certainly keep uh, Tenafly green. Um, and uh, Christine was on uh, last week, and she spoke about uh, the Northern Valley Greenway project, uh, which, uh, of course, is a multi-year project that will bring a lot of uh, greenery and uh, beauty uh, to this area of uh, Bergen County. Uh, and a lot of people do have questions about the recyclables. When people do ask me questions, which happens occasionally as I wander uh, around town, that is one of the recurring questions that comes up uh, about the recycling. So I'm really glad that uh, you're going to shed some light on that tonight. So, so what are some of the typical questions you get? Well, the initial ones which were directed to me were um, for people who have disabilities or people who are older, uh, they were concerned because uh, the way the system operates now, they're not always able, unless they have somebody over or who can come and help them, to get the recyclables to where the, uh, they're collected uh, at the front of the house. Uh, but right. since those initial few, uh, it's basically been just confusion as to how you know, the, the recycling is going to happen. Um, the awareness that plastics are no longer as much in demand uh, seems to have permeated our um, mass consciousness. So that, that comes up and uh, people just generally have questions about how we will as a town be handling uh, recycling. Well, so... New Jersey, first of all, requires recycling. And personally, I think recycling is a great thing because it saves the environment. Whether or not the town's making the kind of money we used to, Mm -hmm. I think is irrelevant. I mean, when you hear stories, and I saw a documentary, I think it was on Midway Island in the middle of the Pacific where there's no one. And there are turtles coming up on shore with plastic in their systems. Yes. We know we have a problem. 
but the other part of the problem is that fewer and fewer places are taking recyclables, and the ones they're taking have to be basically clean. So what that means is, for example, if you have a newspaper and you've used the newspaper to absorb oil, let's say we're in England and you're making good good old fish and chips and you've used the paper to absorb the oil, well, now it's no longer clean and recyclable. Right. So places used to take that stuff, now they won't. So we're much more constrained of what can be put in the recycling. I think we're at uh, plastics that are something like one, five, and six in the little triangles. Uh, paper, plastic bags are not recyclable. Although I understand Stop and Shop is a collection point, as are some other yes. places. But it, it really has gotten much worse, which is unfortunate because we need more places to take it, not less. And so we're going to press on as a town because it's the right thing to do. You know, we're going to continue to recycle plastic, glass. Um, paper, but we're going to follow the rules so that the recycling centers take it and don't tell us, no, we're rejecting it, put it in the trash. Now, so. several people have been uh, starting projects where they've been collecting the plastics in the uh, uh, waters and also uh, uh, in the, the land, uh, and they've been uh, grinding it down. I don't know what the process is, but they've been breaking it down and they've been printing 3D houses uh, from it. There are several such projects that have come to my attention. Uh, not that it'll create housing in, in Tenafly, uh, but uh, these uh, um, print houses are very inexpensive uh, and they could solve a lot of the world's uh, problems with uh, homelessness. So I don't know how much plastic they need, uh, but that's that's very exciting. Well, I do know that some of the stuff is being used to make benches, but what you're talking about is really cool. I mean, benches yeah. are one thing, but making a whole house, that's awesome. Um, look, there's no reason we can't be reusing this stuff, and that's why we're committed. So what we're going to be doing in Tenafly, and, and it's going to take a lot of discussion to understand, but we've been picking up recycling by trucks with crews of three people. And mm -hmm. what we're going to be doing is, and we've had most of the population with the curbside. We require curbside pickup for recycling in Tenafly. Yes. What we're going to do is have one of those automated trucks. Actually, we're getting three of them to cover the town. And that way, one person will be able to operate the truck. Instead of picking up and carrying those heavy cans, they're going to be on wheels. You'll be able to roll them down to the end of the driveway. Same place you're leaving them for collection now. We will have to look at those who can't roll it down and see what what accommodations we'll make. That's that's part of what we're going to do here. And then. This one truck will just come down the street, automated, pick them up, tuck them into the truck. And by doing one truck with one person instead of with three, we're actually 
times the three trucks, we're freeing up six bodies, which we want to use to improve our streets and do um, fill potholes, do some tarring of cracks, and just make sure that other things that have been neglected get taken care of. So it's a way of reallocating resources without spending money. Uh, that is great. And uh, I remember in our previous conversation, I believe you had said that uh, Englewood uh, had attempted something like this or was doing something like this, uh, uh, and it worked out Englewood well. And Bergenfield. Englewood, Bergenfield, a whole bunch of towns. And I should say, I said without spending money, obviously we need to buy the trucks and we need to buy the cans, but we feel that in the long run, those costs will be more than offset by additional savings from elsewhere. Wow, so, that sounds great. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like it costs us nothing, but what it is is a body is to address certain things in town in a way that we can afford. That sounds fantastic. It's like the best of both uh, worlds. Uh, and uh, like you said uh, before, this needs to get done. So uh, finding a better, uh, more streamlined and affordable way of doing it more effectively uh, sounds like good sense. And, and I know it's confusing because we sit there and say, you know, plastics that are marked with one, five, six, those are the only ones we take. We don't take bags. Papers have to be clean. Um, look, we're trying to get the message out there. That's why I want to keep getting the message out. We're going to have some town hall meetings on just this topic in the coming year. We're going to bring in the company that's selling us the trucks to talk about recycling. Our, our goal is to make sure that people understand. Because I think we're all used to just throwing stuff either out or into some bin but, for example, if you buy pizza, once there's grease on the pizza box, that box is no longer recyclable. No one's going to take it in this day and age. Because it's not clean, like you said. Because it's not clean. And, you know, we used to be able to send a lot of our stuff to China. That was our number one purchaser of recyclables. And they were pretty lenient. But China has basically shut down the United States recycling. So it's all in-house. And then we have additional problems like the fire last year at um, uh, Marcal over in Patterson. Remember that? Yes. The big fire. So Marcal took recyclables, but now they burned down. So... They're not taking it. I understand a couple of weeks ago, another recycling plant down on Woodbridge. I think they had a big fire. And I don't know. I'm asking around to find out what the impact will be on us and Tenafly from their burning down. But it's a tough business. Yes, most certainly so. Um, I remember years ago when I worked at New York Hospital in uh, Queens, um, and I was in uh, patient relations or patient advocacy. Um, we had an initiative at the hospital where um, foods that would normally have gone in the trash uh, and also uh, uh, certain like cardboards and things like that that were dirty, uh, they were given to earthworms 
we had like a bunch of they looked like big garbage cans with like pipes and uh the what came out at the bottom uh when the earthworms had finished digesting everything was uh, clean topsoil that we then uh, you know donated to the uh, botanical gardens and to the community um and that wasn't very expensive to do if i remember that is pretty incredible. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, you couldn't put meat in it and some gravies. I don't remember the exact list, but uh, it, it did take a chunk of uh, stuff that normally would have wound up, you know, in the trash and in the landfill. Uh, and here it was recycled. It turned into something very useful um, that uh, helped uh, promote, uh, you know, plant life and uh um, so it, it was a joy to do. If you'd like, I can look into that. That would be neat. Yeah, we can definitely talk about the uh, the individuals can do that. But I know I don't know about you. I have a barrel in the back that I use for compost. I take all our food put in there and go back into soil. I'm losing you, Jeff. Uh, all right. Can you hear me better now? I just shifted much, location. Much better. Uh, right, much better. So, I haven't had a chance. We so tried here with a uh, greenhouse, uh, and that was our first one, and it didn't do that good. So we're trying to learn from our mistakes from that and try again next year. Uh, but uh, compost uh, uh, pile or barrel we haven't set up yet. Yeah, I've set that up a, a few years ago. And basically when you cut any foods up, like the ends of onions, you're cutting the tops of pineapple, um, you're coring out apples, think about all the food that you're throwing out. And right. we pay for that as a town because every pound that's picked up and brought to a garbage center, we're paying for that. So what I do is I just throw that in a barrel and after a while, maybe add a little bit of um, lye to it, it breaks it down, and you end up with really good soil. But I understand most people in town are probably not going to do that. It's a little more labor-intensive, mm -hmm. but it does end up saving us a lot of money, and it's good to throw into your garden. So for yes, those who do their own so. gardening, this is a great way to do it. Uh, will the town make uh, available information uh, or uh, like you were talking about uh, before, uh, kind of like get togethers that are informational uh, that will give people the information they need to make this transition? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to have several of these in the course of next year. We expect to roll out these new trucks optimistically around October. So they've been ordered. Um, it takes a while to make them. Plus we have to then put in the new uh, order for recycling bins. And these will all be on wheels. I know they look intimidating. They're larger. But for somebody who's especially elderly or has some physical disabilities, who have been picking up their their recycling cans and bringing them to the curb, this will be a thousand times easier. And we will look into uh, ways to make it easier for those who aren't able to bring it to the edge. We'll, we'll have to figure something out. That's all. We have in the past. 
Uh, yes, we have. Um, Tenafly is a wonderful place uh, to live. Uh, everybody who uh, lives here seems to think so. And uh, one of the things I feel blessed uh, for is uh, that everyone I've talked to in Tenafly, regardless of their beliefs uh, on a variety of topics uh, that I may not agree with or they might not agree with mine, everybody cares about the town and wants what's best for the town. So uh, this is a great place to be. It, it is, absolutely. And this is also, we're talking the environment here. And, and, you know, everybody talks about global warming and plastics that are out there uh, plaguing our, our landfills and our waters. So we, we have to address this. This is a serious issue. And, and one of the other things that people talk about, because I've heard this, is what's called single stream versus dual stream. And so single stream is when you take all your paper and your plastics mm -hmm. and combine them. And as opposed to what we've been doing in Tenafly, where we separate our paper from our plastics. And, and I have to say, right now, I'm kind of leaning toward dual stream because even though right at the current time, there's no real price differential in what benefits the town, it does change over time. And I think in the long run, it's better for the environment for us to separate out these things. And if it ever gets to be more cost effective to do dual stream, it's hard to go from combining them to separating them. Right now we're used to separating them and we should continue to do that until there's some indication that it doesn't make any sense. Because I know I've read things from, from residents about people who used to live in towns where they do single stream, why aren't we doing that kind of a thing? And, and mm -hmm. there are reasons. Uh, we, we're trying to do what's best for the environment and there's really just no cost benefit right now to recycling. And it's not a question of cost. It's a question of the environment and doing what we can. And if we put it into garbage, it doesn't definitely cost us more. So we're saving money in that respect. The, the difference is that 10, 15 years ago, we actually made money from recycling. Right. I, I, not sure when that's going to ever happen again. Uh, maybe when China opens up again, and I don't want to point fingers, but I will say our tariff wars have definitely are part of the reason why China is not taking our recyclables anymore. That's their retaliation. So. That That is very unfortunate because it hurts the entire planet uh, in the long run and not just uh... Uh, our little piece of it. Correct. And, but I get a sense that there are certain factions that don't really care about the planet right now. So I, I get the topic for a different day. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Um, now, speaking about the environment, we have in Tenafly the Roosevelt Commons, which is a monument uh, uh, to Teddy Roosevelt, who was an environmentalist, uh, perhaps the first uh, um, environmentalist uh, who was president. Uh, would you care to talk about the history of uh, Roosevelt Commons or Teddy Roosevelt? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, so 
we have the monument in town, which is coming up in a few years on its 100th anniversary. It is wow. the first. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's the first monument to Teddy Roosevelt as an environmentalist. There had been monuments right before that acknowledged his presidency, but Tenafly actually has the first one that acknowledges his contributions for the environment. It's a beautiful monument. Yes. Unfortunately, it's out of the type of stone that um, doesn't really hold up well to the elements. And we keep pouring some funds into preserving it. Um, preservation techniques are getting better, so that's good. Mm -hmm. it, it was kind of ruined a little bit in the late 50s, early 60s. So this is when the monument was about, let's say, 35, 40 years old and was having its first signs of decay the decision was made to sandblast some of the decay off. Sandblasting Ooh. is the worst thing you can do for this monument. Yes. And they did that, they did that a couple of years in a row. Um, today we're, we're much more, we're much better at preserving this stuff. But I love that monument. Yeah, I do too. Uh, also the, so the grounds around it um, was actually one of the first female landscape architects in our country was responsible for the design of land around it. I did uh, not know I that. Know. Yeah, um, Quatley. Now I'm drawing a total blank on our first name because I'm tired, but um, Ms. Quatley, awesome in terms of her design. Her concept was that this would always be changing. And it wasn't just about making the monument the centerpiece, but if you were to walk around the area by the um, current middle school, which is on that property, she had one section for um, skating, ice skating, which is where the pond is today. She had another where there was a teepee for Boy Scouts. She had another... Wow. which was an area set aside for Girl Scouts. The The whole concept was just brilliant, and you would walk around. There was also an outside theater, which lasted until a couple of decades ago. And, and so with the 100th anniversary coming up, the Historic Preservation Commission in town is looking to, first of all, they're pouring some county and local Green Acres funds into restoring the monument. And then they're looking oh, to awesome. see what can be done with the land around it. And, and hopefully we can make this a centerpiece of the town for its 100th anniversary. Oh, that would be incredibly uh, awesome. Uh, I will start uh, um, focusing on Roosevelt Commons and the things I share about our town. Uh, and uh, include whatever images I can find or, or take, because uh, that is incredible. I didn't know about the 100th anniversary, and uh, that definitely uh, needs to be preserved as part of our heritage. And uh, uh, Tenafly uh, is also uh, a town that was central to the struggle in women's uh, suffrage. Uh, so that, yeah, that was uh, the next thing I was going to say. Absolutely. 
So and unfortunately, we don't get a lot of recognition for it. Why is that? Because our, our place cannot be denied. Well, what happened is uh, apparently a number of years ago. So, so we're where Elizabeth Cady Stanton lived for about yeah. 19 years. And mm-hmm. she actually wrote the history of the women's movement while living in Tenafly. She would go regularly to New York to write articles. Her uh, good friend, Susan B. Anthony, would take the train from New York to Tenafly to meet with Elizabeth Cady Stanton. But Stanton's birthplace, which is somewhere in upstate New York, between that and um, other places have just kind of put in earlier claims. And that's really unfortunate. Uh, Obviously, Seneca Falls has laid claim to the women's movement as a whole. And, And so we haven't gotten the credit we should. And we are working to try and change that, but it's really hard to do. Uh, unbelievably hard with the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, the women's right to vote coming up in just a few days. Uh, Actually, next August is the official anniversary of women getting the right to vote. So we are looking to do something. Unfortunately, it's a very short timetable. Uh, Our mayor-elect, Mark Zinna, said that he was going to support putting up a a statue and making a memorial, and I'm looking forward to that. That's another one of those conversations uh, that have uh, been going on in Tenafly since I came back and probably much uh, before, Uh, but it's good to see movement in these areas and uh, the Dole Park uh, coming to reality and uh, this uh, monument uh, becoming a reality. So so I know that Uh, the chair of the Historic Preservation Commission um, reached out to New York City and Central Park is putting up a statue in honor of the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. And Mm -hmm. so she reached out to them to find out, okay, so there were 90 some odd people who contributed proposals. Who are your finalists who didn't get chosen? And we got the name of one of the finalists, and I know that uh, the chair has reached out to that sculptor who happened to have been the sculptor who did Elizabeth Cady Stanton's sculpture at Seneca Falls for the um, National Park Service. And bottom line is that it would cost us installed about Mm $125,000, which is not cheap. Right. It's certainly worth it. Certainly worth it for acknowledging uh, Elizabeth K. Stanton's contributions to the women's movement. But at this particular moment, sitting here, I can't tell you where that money is going to come from. Hopefully, we can get contributions. Um, if we do it in the town's budget, the budget doesn't get passed until. Uh, mid to late spring, by then it's too late to engage the sculptor to make this. So Understood. Uh, we, we're going to do a whole series of things. I just can't tell you what at this 
at this juncture, and we've been meeting, and I got to say it's a little frustrating. I wish we had started this about five years ago before I was on the council. It would have been nice. Then we would be much further along and, and have a real attainable goal by the summer or fall. That doesn't mean I'm throwing my hands up and throwing the towel, and it's just I'm saying it's frustrated, and we just have to be really creative at this point. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes something better <laughs> even uh, comes through the creativity than what was originally uh, intended. Um, so um, as a citizen, uh, I will definitely promote the, these things because I feel it's very important uh, to celebrate our history just generally on principle. And uh, the uh, in environmentalism and uh, the women's right to vote, those are phenomenally important uh, to us uh, today. Uh, and battles are still being fought in those uh, arenas, uh, um, even today. <laughs> so we really need to draw attention to those positive things and to our place in uh, their history. Well, well, one of the things, this gets back to my teaching. One of the things I always do on for my students is I have a section on my board where I put up birthdays of famous people and I always make sure I put up women, uh, world leaders, uh, you know, ranging from Indira Gandhi to Angela Merkel to Theresa May, all these people. And I keep reminding them that there's so many countries, including Pakistan, for example, that have had female rulers. And I'll say, you know, uh, Great Britain to America still zero. That we have a long way to go because we have not, yes, we not only haven't we had a woman as a president, we haven't even had a woman as a vice president. And if you think about that, that's sad. We celebrate the fact that the Supreme Court is now have has the highest number of women it's ever had in history. It's three, but that's only a third of the court in a country that's fifty, fifty and a half percent women. To sit there and celebrate that we're up to a third or the same with the Senate and the House. It's just, we need to have a different mindset that we're not a world of male and female, we're a world of qualified people, and they're of all genders and all different orientations, and we're too far away from that. And if you wanna really see how far away we are, just look at, I use as my new example, Ireland. Ireland, which is a, uh, Prime Minister who's openly gay. He's in his, I think, second term at this point. And that's a country that was always considered to be super conservative. So. Yes, we have a long way to go. Correct. Go ahead. No, that's <laughs> it. We have a long way. You just succinctly stated it. We have a long, long way to go, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why either, but uh, with folks like you uh, in our leadership, uh, no doubt we will go further down uh, that uh, path um, toward uh, positive and uh, equal future for all. Well, I hope so. I hope some of, at least my students get inspired to get more involved, although you know, it's, it's hard and they see what goes on in politics and a lot of them say they don't want to get involved. They don't want to get into this morass. It's become very negative. 
that's the unfortunate uh, thing. I've encountered that uh, myself with very many people that just don't want to know because uh, uh, it uh, agitates and upsets them. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And so I hope your listeners, when they go on Facebook, that they actually, from time to time, say some positive things about the world and people and bring more of a positive energy instead of the negativity that, that seems to permeate. And I know your listeners would. Yes. So uh, in fact, the next uh, host after this segment um, is uh, Astrid. She does a Sussex report and she always gives us uh, all the wonderful things happening in uh, Sussex uh, County. Um, she deals with the challenges too, but she focuses on the positive and uh, uh, we've discovered by doing that, that if you focus on all the good things that are going on, the world seems like a wonderful <laughs> place most of the time. Uh, and you really lift your spirits and become more optimistic and uh, uh, more positive and more likely to want to get involved to, you know, to keep the world wonderful. So, so that brings us, I guess we're getting close to the end uh, of our yeah. time together tonight, but that brings us back to the beginning freerice.com and and helping feed the world by even doing something simple like playing a game and sitting in your own home in front of a computer. You can do things. You can make a difference. And let me read you what I wrote in, when I posted it from Tenafly Councilman Jeff Grossman. If you like playing games on your computer and wish you could do something about world hunger, please look into this innovative program and then have a, uh, a link to free rice. All right. I appreciate that very much. We can feed people at least one grain at a time. It's better than nothing. Uh, it's doing something. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate you being a guest on the show and I'm looking forward to our next uh, conversation, Jeff. I greatly enjoy them. Me too. I enjoy them very much, Hercules, and I, I really do hope you and your listeners all have a great 2020. And the same to you. Um, we're now going to listen to Bone Poets Orchestra's Evolve, and then we'll be back with Astrid and the Sussex Report. Oh, no. 
is the Sussex Report, but we're not limited to the Sussex Report uh, because today we're doing a retrospective. We're looking behind and we're looking ahead to see what we can learn. Uh, I'm now honored to introduce Astrid, whose show this is. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. Greetings, Hercules. How are you today? Great, great. And as we're moving closer to the end of this year and this decade, it's amazing all the things that have just occurred. I mean, yes, it's Christmas Day. We have Kwanzaa approaching. We're in the middle of Hanukkah. But it's all about the light. You know, as we as we get towards the end of the year and we've passed the winter solstice, which means that every day from the 21st, there is another minute of light available to us yes Mm -hmm. the temps will get colder but it is the moment of light and that symbol of light is emphasized in every religion every holiday as you look at it whether it be the canara for kwanzaa you know the menorah for for hanukkah the advent candles and 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 the um the wreath and the symbols of uh, of constant life and hope and renewal and that's what we look for as this year ends as 
as um, Jeff so aptly pointed out, there's so much negativity. 2019 was not the best year for many reasons. Oh. Yet, yet, you know, as we saw at the meditation group, Linda brought this up beautifully in January. You know, we're at the crossroads, and we can't seem to go forward or backwards like we're stuck. And it's been that kind of year for very many people that, that I know, um, mental, physical, um, a lot of, of, of heavy-duty obstacles for them, you know, deaths, family passings, financial issues, a lot of health and, and surgery issues. But yet, as I see that the year is coming to a close, I also see people still striving to make things right. And that encourages me for the year 2020, which is going to be full of a lot of feminine energy, less warring planets out there in the universe. Uh, so um, it's a good time now to to purge what was negative from 2019 and set the stage because we have a new moon tomorrow, which is setting new intentions, but we also have... They call it the ring of fire because it's not a full, uh, a huge uh, new moon, but um, we're having a solar eclipse, not seen in our area of the world, but it is wow. occurring. And that I magnifies intention. That magnifies intention. And whether people believe it or not, there are so many con- things that are controlled by other forces. Just the tides in our element of water that control us, the full moon, which you can always tell on the road and in other places, if you ever taught in a school or worked in different institutions, there is definite power in the elements. So uh, I'm hoping that people see a chance for renewal and more positive energy and set the stage now, get rid of the negativity and, and also be a part of the positive energy going into the future. Very, very true. And uh, since we've had our conversations on uh, the four elements, uh, and the four elements was something that I wanted to honor in some way, uh, the conversations opened up possibilities. And uh, now I'm finding um, things that are local that I can support uh, that strongly speak to the area under focus. So we started with the Atlantis uh, project, and now we're working on Champions of Arcadia. Uh, and uh, my town, uh, Tenafly, is doing a lot uh, uh, in the, the area of trying to preserve the environment with the Greenway Project, which is going to reclaim old railroad tracks and make them into park uh, area. Uh, we have recycling uh, programs starting that will make recycling easier. Uh, and then instead of picking up uh, leaves and grass, uh, now... Uh, Residents are being encouraged to to make mulch piles and to grind these things up and put them on the lawn uh, so that uh, uh, we save money and we're using this, uh, you know, to create better greenery within the town. So uh, I'm really excited about those things. And, and again, it's a ma- the macrocosm and the microcosm. You know, this is something I could do within blocks from my house. Um, exactly. So, and it's exciting. It makes a difference. Yeah. Yes, it does. That's why I love when you get your list together and tell us all the wonderful things that are happening. Uh, <laughs> 
And you know, Hercules, it's a domino effect. Uh, I did mention the last time about uh, plastic bans and about New Jersey going forward, but looking at different laws with plastics, you know, paper bags mm-hmm. and different things. And this governor is definitely very pro-environment. But I just read in the paper uh, about two days ago that Bayonne is going to ban single-use plastic bags and straws as of January 1st. So, well, I mean, you know, it's it's starting to really move. You know, it's not going to be all the way through, but it's going to be, you know, related to those single plastic bags. And the ordinance is enacted to reduce both litter and the negative effects that plastic bags have on marine life. Other cities that have done this were Hoboken, Jersey City, and Sea Caucus. So they set the stage, and now Bayonne is joining in, and I'm sure other ones, you know, will be be joining in. And there are exceptions, like the very small business stores or stores that sell bait or things that have to be delivered in plastic bags in terms of compliance with state and federal food safety and disposal laws. But the point is, it is a beginning. It is a beginning. And there are some people that, you know, will be like, oh, you know, the, uh, you know, the ease of it. Well, not really, because how many of those plastic bags do you need to even hold things together? And usually they have to give you trillions of them if you do some heavy-duty shopping. That's where you've right. got to bring your own. And I personally love Trader Joe's that has the really strong paper bags that is strictly recycled, and they have handles on them. That's magnificent. And you can stock a lot of them. You can reuse them. And they are recyclable. And they're made from recyclable bags. So, you know, kudos to Trader Joe's. Uh, in terms of Sussex County, I'm, I'm always proud to say that there's so much that goes on here. And during this holiday season, I was amazed at all the fundraising that went on in this county, you know, whether it be, you know, the policemen all joining in with with um, the clothing and food as well, both. Uh, banks had, had toy drives and coats, coats going on there. Have you brought coats there for people? All different organizations, such as the ones that we've always talked about on air, mm-hmm. Project Self-Sufficiency, Norwest Cap, um, all of these places had different type of fundraising effects, yeah, and, and that is a great thing, that when you, when you help each other out within the community and support those in a time of need, even if you're needy yourself, I mean, there's always something yeah. you can share with another, even if it's time or volunteering your time or looking in on a neighbor. You know, it, it's great. It really is. And we always talk about our great library programs up here. Besides the Sussex Mm -hmm. County Library, I've noticed that the uh, Sparta Library, public library on Woodport Road in Sparta Township does a lot. Matter of fact, on Friday, they're having a Legos in the library. If you have kids and they need some activities and something to be done there, between 11 and 12.30 p.m., you can go there with your kids. Uh, They have all the Lego bricks. You supply the imagination. Uh-huh. It's for, for children over the age of three. You have to be supervised. You can't, it's on a babysitting service. No registration required. You can contact them uh, by their website. For more information, it is www.spartalibrary.com. And, um, you know, they do a lot as well as the Sussex County Library. So, and, and then the other thing that I'm always amazed about are all the different places up here, the venues, for music. 
It's unbelievable. Besides all the churches that have different events going on, like the Folk Project at the Morristown Unitarian Fellowship. Well, that's Morristown. It's not our county, but it's Morris County, but they always have a lot going on there. The Mayo Performing Arts Center. Up here we have the Newton Theater. We have Roy's Hall. We have the Rutherford Hall, Sherman Theater, up across the uh, the line at Stroudsburg, PA. There's something called the Skyland Songwriters Guild, you know, in Bud Lake. And they mm-hmm. have open mic at the Stanhouse Lounge, uh, Sparta Avenue Stage, which which has uh, singers there, the Stanhope House, theaters such as the Centenary Stage Company, the Growing Stage, and Netcon. Uh, we also have the um, that little theater group that that's, that has been doing work with um, uh, the Newton Theater that's been sponsored by them right across from them, and they always have tryouts there. There's the Children Chorus of Sussex County that are holding auditions. So if you have young singers ages 6 to 18, love to sing, you can go to uh, their auditions. Information can be found at www.ccscsings.org or call 973-670-4556 to schedule an audition. And then there's even the North Star Theater Company. They're having auditions for Godspell on January 2nd and 3rd from wow. 630 to 9 in Ogdensburg. And this is being slated, this production is being slated for to be for performances in March, mid-March. So there's so much going on. There's the Sussex County Arts and Heritage Gallery. They're doing something. It's right on Spring Street in Newton. They're doing something called Think Spring. That exhibit will start January 4th. <coughs> Excuse me. There's so much information. There's dance. Yep. There's music. It's amazing, all the different locations. So uh, that's a great thing because you figure, wow, you know, what do you do up in Sussex County? There is so much to do, a whole lot. Then there's also a Master Gardener Education Series program. It's open to home gardeners and those interested in becoming certified Rutgers Master Gardener Volunteers. You can take the education series and not go on to become a um, master gardener. You can contact them, and I think they have classroom instruction. Yes, it starts February 13th on Thursdays at the Rutgers Cooperative Extension, which is right across from the library, you know, at that uh, 130 Morris Turnpike. Twelve sessions, twelve pre-recorded webinars, and other information. So I will also send that to you as well. Thank you very much. A lot going on. Don't mind my coughing. My allergies are horrific. I had an attack before. Yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, the Christmas tree or just the wind popping up. And then there are a few other things going on. Um, I don't know if this is good or bad. It's up to you. I'm just bringing up the facts. But okay. two boroughs or towns in up here, the Sussex Borough Council, and I think it was the Milford, West Milford Council adopted resolutions declaring its opposition to gun control, including a new state law that allows for removing weapons from someone judged a threat to themselves 
or others. The Sussex Borough voted five to nothing to adopt a resolution in support of becoming a Second Amendment lawful gun owner municipality, two weeks after a similar resolution was approved without opposition in West Milford. And, you know, our our listeners can take that from the stance wherever they are, uh, that you are free to have your weapons and guns. I mean, there's a lot of hunting that goes up here, and you may feel that's correct, or you may take the opposite stance, saying that we need to start protecting others from people that just are not considered safe to own guns. And so, you know, I'm just stating the facts. I'm not uh, stating an opinion one way or the other. It's up to you, but you should be aware that this was done. Thank you for the awareness. Uh, I have strong opinions about that uh, as well. <laughs> and uh, But they, they people have stated these opinions, and uh, it doesn't seem to uh, <coughs> affect. Right, uh, right. I, and, you know, the main thing is that you sh- you need to be aware of changes. You know, be aware of what's going on. Uh, another thing that's going on right now is the fact that we did mention last time that um, there was a uh, legislation being sent up about all of these robocalls. And uh, I know uh, Senator, our Senator Bob Menendez from, uh, from New Jersey has constantly been trying to get this moving along. And I'm and I'm pretty sure that uh, it was sponsored in the House. Yes, it was by Representative Frank Pallone, who's a Democrat in the sixth district, to uh, support this. And the legislation requires carriers to offer call authentication technology and allow their customers to block robocalls at no charge. It also gives the SEC more time to go after robocallers and impose higher fines. Help the S. FCC and phone companies discover which firms are responsible for for these ridiculous numbers of calls and protection for doctors, hospitals, and patients because it's just gotten out of of control with the robocalls. And this was um, actually bipartisan. There were mostly uh, the House vote passed the bill early in December by a vote of 417 to 3, and the three that voted nay they were concerned for businesses. They said businesses should have the right to push themselves on listeners. And uh, the House also passed this just recently. So now it will go to the president to sign. Let's hope he pushes this along and um, that this becomes law now and that something is being done about this because it's almost impossible to even deal with your phone anymore whether it be your mobile or your home phone. I get calls and, all the time for my student loan. I don't have a student loan. Uh, for oh, my, it's horrifying. Yeah, my it's car It's horrifying. <laughs> right, so here's a positive thing at the end of the year, moving towards the new year, that they've pushed some legislation that will be in our favor. Another thing is, however you feel about this new um, North American trade pact, There's going to be some concessions that the Democrats have won in terms of generics to bring down the price of medication. So uh, in order to do this, to get this through, the Democrats refuse to push it through uh, because there will be clear laws now for farmers and businesses governing the vast flow of goods between 
uh, amongst the United States, Canada, and Mexico, but there is one loser in group, and that is the pharmaceutical industry, and they are a very powerful lobbying group. And in order to get this through, the Democrats said that we we have got to protect these drugs from less you know, and start having these less expensive uh, medications. And they did not want to give away, which would have locked in inflated prices by stifling competition. So that's great. Some of the examples of these drugs would be uh, drugs made from living cells, including medications to fight cancer and, and immune disorders, such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, all of these things. So this is one of the few times that the farm industry is going to be on the losing end. And people, consumers, are going to win. So kudos for them to hold, to hold out to say that, no, we, we can't have people paying any more than they're paying, and they need to have some competition there. So another great thing that's come along. That's wonderful. Sad sad news on the local level is that we're going to be losing two great stores in Newton. And I find that very disheartening. Bed Bath & Beyond is pulling out of uh, the Newton Mall, and, and worse than that, A.C. Moore, which is a great craft shop, an affordable one, they're going out of business completely in the States. They're closing every store. And people are quite upset because A.C. Moore was a place that you can go to where crafts and art supplies as well were affordable. I mean, there was always a sale to be had. And besides that, they offered a 15% discount to students and to teachers, because they knew. (laughs) I I was constantly there when I taught, getting supplies for uh, school that I could not get, that were not within the budget, weren't within the catalog. And, you know, you just wanted to do something, you go there, and you you got a discount. So that's sad. It's sad to see the demise of small businesses. And I say small only because they're not on the grand scale of something like Costco or uh, Walmart, and they were, I don't know, they were always busy when I went there in Newton. So, I mean, people are really lamenting the loss of that those shops. Yeah, that, that is always sad when uh, beloved businesses uh, start closing their doors. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing I would like to mention, not just in relation to Sussex County, but all over, is that we need to promote our small local newspapers, our community papers. I know your next guest, Bill, Bill Waitman, constantly talks about the loss of community papers. We have some great papers up here. We have, uh, just to name a few, we have the Journal, which is a magazine that's put out monthly, and it's put in local areas, so it would be specific to events in your area, but they it basically covered either Milford, PA, um, or it covered another area in New York State, and then it covered the Sparta area as well. And it had it has great things in it, not just about local shops, but tons of information about events. There's a whole calendar there, um, all different things related to arts, um, 
different things you needed to know, maybe better antiques, jewelry, uh, cooking items, places you can go to for art in different galleries locally in terms of like the, the Sussex County Community College Gallery was, um, was emphasized in this last month. So it's a great, great paper to uh, a magazine that, to look into all the different things going on. The other one, which I utilize all the time, and it's free, and so is the, uh, that journal, by the way, is the, um, the one by Strauss News. And, again, that's for areas, your own areas. It's a community news source the townshipjournal.com and then there is Strauss News or you can go to um what is it now I have it here somewhere in terms of the advertisements if you want to even put in an event you can do it but it's called the Township Journal but you can contact them by Strauss News and you can also see their advertisements I think it's like 94.com route94.com well, and I'll be more specific with that when I find that sheet of paper because I'm throwing things around. But they're free, and they have local news, no politics emphasized. Readers, uh, your letters to the editors, it's free form. You could say what you want, and believe me, sometimes it does get feisty from both sides. But it's allowed. I can, I can imagine. Uh, it, right. It's very right. good what you're doing because, uh, um, again, we're a very polarized uh, nation right now. And uh, yeah. anything we do to kind of uh, start dealing with each other as people with common challenges, uh, yeah, I feel that's the most important thing that any and all of us can do right now. Right, right. And and just so people are aware, like that, it's Route94.com. Uh, if uh, our listeners uh, want to know, if you have events, you want to add your own, go to Route94.com, give up the information there, and it will be placed in their local news for people for events. And you could also advertise at a very reasonable fee. They have all kinds of things there. They have all the different charities and, and, and organizations in there. And, and they are looking for some uh, donations to keep them going because they charge nothing for the paper. Their ads are minimal. The Township Journal magazine, which is by Strauss News, I'll send that info along. We have to keep them alive because at this point, majority of papers are being bought up by Gannett. Yeah. They owned at one time 100 daily newspapers and nearly 1,000 weekly papers in 43 states and six countries. And they say they're going to keep it local. But when you look into Gannett's history, they, are, they own many papers, but they are owned by MNG Enterprises, also known as Digital First Media which is owned by Alden Global Capital, which is a New York-based hedge fund, which buys mm. distressed properties. So when they're floundering, well, they just buy them up. And Gannett is also connected to Gatehouse Media. Gatehouse Media merged with Gannett. They're keeping the Gannett name, Gannett or Gannett, however you want to say it. And now with this merger... 
you're looking at them owning 260 daily local papers. That is frightening because when you have ownership over all these papers, you can control what goes in and what does not go in. How the news is going to be portrayed. Will it be local anymore? You know, how many people are going to be laid off when you start merging corporations? They go. And there was a great article in the New York Times, I think it was last weekend. It said, when a newspaper folds, our community does not know itself. Right. It's sad. It's sad. It is Demise sad. of the print. We yeah, rely on have a general idea right. of what's going on uh, uh, here locally. If we didn't have the local paper, how would we know? You know, uh, um, we right. know a lot of people and we talk to them and they convey a lot of information and we share information too, but that's only a fraction of what you're going to find in the weekly paper. Exactly. And it says here in this little this article, and if people like to look into it, you can go to uh, the New York Times. It was a Sunday, December 22nd uh, uh, edition, and it was on page 23. And it was great because it was called When a Newspaper Folds, Our Community Does Not Know Itself. And I'm just going to read you the first paragraph. It says here, city council and school board meetings, small town sports and politics. Local government corruption, these are a handful of the news and issues that go unreported when small newspapers close or are gutted by layoffs. And over the past 15 years, more than one in five papers in the United States has shuttered. And the number of journalists working for newspapers has been cut in half. Wow. That's led to the rise of hollowed out ghost papers in communities across the country without local papers or brought up by this huge conglomerate now. And the article goes into details about the responses of communities with newspapers that have been shut down. And um, I think I'm not going to read it. It's too long, but just it was amazing how this talked about the effect it had. Um, Linda's uh, dragon is in Sussex County. It, uh, I'm not too keen on where the lines are drawn. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes, you're right. Okay, because uh, I'm going to be doing more things at the dragon, and uh, Linda and I had co- a conversation about uh, advertising. So uh, this sounds like something we should definitely look into if it's a local Most paper. Most definitely. Local people and Most it's affordable definitely. because advertising is expensive. Uh, that would be yes, a great place to start. So uh, uh, if you can sure. send that information, I'll definitely look into that. And, and here's something on a different note. <laughs> we talked about the storms last time in our yeah. – last week in, in our looking back while moving forward segment. And we talked about uh-huh. the need of these utility companies to do something to avoid the issue up here. Well, Lafayette Township suffered a lot during that ice storm, and they urged the passage of a state vegetation bill. How about that? And this bill is the New Jersey Senate Bill, number 2505, and the Assembly Bill, number 2558, known as the Vegetation Management Response Act. It passed in the Assembly on December 17th, 
but has not been presented for a vote in the Senate. And I wonder if dear Grim Reaper Mitch McConnell had anything to do with that. And and that is not my little name for him. That is the name he's given to himself, the Grim Reaper. Horrible. But the bill cites the impact of several powerful storms in the area. It would authorize utilities to remove, replace, or maintain dangerous vegetation defined as any plant growing in or near the utility's right-of-way. It would permit the uh, clearing of trees on private property with the owner's consent and on public property without interference from local officials or environmental commissions. So this is interesting. It's supposed to be sent to um, this resolution by several towns up here. It's supposed to be sent to Governor Murphy and the, the New Jersey League of Municipalities. And uh, Steve Rojo is the primary sponsor of the bill with Assemblyman Parker Space and Hal Worth, two of three primary sponsors of the bill in the Assembly. And if no Senate action is taken by the end of the current legislative session on the 14th of January, the bill will lapse and must be reintroduced again in the uh, in the Assembly. So that's interesting. It has some bipartisan support, but there's still some concerns by oh, concerns about overreach. And I'm sure they're thinking in terms of like the eminent domain bill. They're worried about um, you know what does the term dangerous vegetation mean. If anyone lives up here and has gone through what we go through with tons of trees coming down or even dead branches, and just this past two months what we've gone through up here in terms of storms has been horrific. And they have to have, the utilities must have a plan set in place for any vegetation maintenance and notify the property owners between 7 and 45 days prior to work. So um, I didn't realize that that they do have a lot of restrictions when they do things, the utility corporation. So hopefully this will move along. And if people, listeners, are interested in pushing it along, contact the um, the Senate and your, rep- your uh, senator, Contact your township and, and, and ask what you can do to push this. Go online and see who you can contact to push this. Make your voice heard and say, you know, that you're you're tired of living like this with power outages and, and allow them to do some vegetation work if this is how you feel. You have a voice. You yes, have you a do. voice. And that is right. a powerful statement upon which to end the segment because our time is up. Most definitely. Um, Most definitely. Hold on while I play uh, music, uh, and we'll talk in the quiet room. Bill is on the other line, so let me just uh, start the music. Thank you very much, Astrid. Uh, You're incredibly awesome as always, and uh, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. I'm looking looking forward to a better 2020 because we make it so. Amen to that. Right.
shades of the night Hear the call of our ancestors of blood and bone Spell on 
to the powers of earth, sea and sky, of dragon and fairy, and shades of the night. We call to our ancestors of blood and bone, of womb and tomb and standing stone. Lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess carried when called. Come and taste of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your Keridwen's children, the cauldron born. Oh, lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess Keridwen call. Come and taste of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. We'll dance in the eye of the storm, your Keridwen's children, the cauldron born. You're the cauldron born. And welcome back to the Elysium Project. That was Dave the Bard's The Cauldron Born. And the cauldron, of course, is the cauldron of rebirth. Uh, it's the cauldron of new beginnings. It was known as the Holy Grail, as the Horn of Amalthea, as the Horn of Plenty, as the Cornucopia. It's had very many names in very many cultures. And now we're going to be concluding the show with I on Northern New Jersey hosted by Bill Waitman. Greetings and welcome, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing fine. I, I just came from Sussex County, uh, where I, I, it seems like I went from Antarctica to, uh, uh, you know, maybe back to New Jersey on that ride. It's, uh, it's, it was, it's <laughs> so cold. Is that cold and, there? Uh, ice oh, God, I couldn't give you the temperature, but uh, uh, my legs were so tight I needed help getting down. There's not much ice and snow. Uh, I think wow. the lake has flood, uh, flooded. I mean, we've had bizarre weather. And Ashka was right on the money. We got hit with everything up there. I mean, uh, electric power was off in my house. It was off for eight days. And I don't know. You might remember there was some trouble. I think it was uh, with the New York Lighting Company, which is uh, which which was taken over by PSE&G um, because they constantly allowed these myriad number of uh, power outages and eight days is just way too long Uh, and we burned out a uh, generator at least my son did in the in the middle of the the cold spell he had to go out and buy one beat somebody with a truck and uh, get it home Uh, everything she says I gotta just you know I I've run against some of these guys I don't want to be unfair but if you have one party rule, whether it's in Hudson County or in Sussex County, you're not getting quality politics. 
and uh, I, I, I just mentioned the Democratic and the uh, Republican households uh, because everything is done in the wrong aspect of the, of the public. We, we somebody should be demanding more from our, our electric companies. I mean, I don't remember Hercules. I've been up there 50 years. I don't remember anything like this. I mean, the lake that I live in has maybe 300 homes. We have our own little reservoir. All the water problems that uh, she was alluding to, we have now, too, because uh, it hit the big lakes and then it hit us. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, politics is not what it should be. It's not on a national level, and it's not on a, uh, on, on a local level. Uh, I, I want to bring up, the, if I can with you, um, sure. the Jersey Jersey City situation. I was on the phone with somebody that puts out, it's not tap into, tap into, but she puts out like a online newspaper. And I was talking to her uh, the day of that there was a shooting. And uh, it turned out it was two black Americans that shot up, uh, you know, the, the police were involved, the cop died, uh, some people were wounded. And uh, I figured, well, people would get back together. But there are groups outside the United States on one side causing problems. And there are groups, uh, unfortunately, on on media like what you have here that are doing the same thing for the other side. And I think that the governor and uh, the mayor need to do a better job of picking people to solve issues. This needs to be talked out. Uh, Black people, in uh, black uh, African-Americans, think that uh, this large Jewish population is moving in to take away their neighborhood. Well, they need to be reassured. And on the other side of the coin, they need to be more civic, too, if they can. I know that there are leaders on both sides that can speak up and carry a narrative. That doesn't include all the strange, bizarre things that are going on. I don't know what's going to happen with reparations in America. Uh, I don't know if it will ever come to true. I don't know how it can be done. I we talked in, uh, while she was on uh, Astrid. Uh, I had a professor that was Japanese, and during World War II, uh, she and her family were moved off their their land, uh, and they were moved into a concentration camp. Not at the, at the level of say what the Jews went through in World War II. Certainly not, uh, or maybe not to the level of what happened to Cambodians and, and people in other countries. Uh, with with the hate that's going around the world that seems consistently. But I think this is something that has to be handled by local people and local community groups talking amongst themselves, getting to know each other, lose the fears, and you can't have a city uh, on the verge of an edge of, of these serious kinds of, uh, uh, you know, outbursts. I think both groups have much to say in their favor. Uh, they've uh, done exceptionally well in the United States. Uh, this happens to be a more um, the Jewish group. Uh, I, I'm getting my. Uh, I don't. I can't really say. They're more of a um, a traditionalist Jewish group. Is that how I put it? Can put it. And uh, I, I would uh, imagine. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Say. Give me the correction. <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look up the story uh, uh, or get more information. Um, it's been brutal. There was a big shootout in Jersey City. Uh, some people after the shootout, 
uh, some people that uh, had their kids in a Catholic school, I think, went all across the street. And there was a Jewish store, which was actually shot up and people were killed. And uh, they were blaming. Uh, I don't think any whole community would do that. But there should be a reassurance from both groups that safety is involved and they work these issues out. Uh, even that newspaper uh, online lady, she has a difficulty because she's, she's battling to keep her house in Jersey City uh, when prices and taxes are rising through the roof. Uh, so I, I just wanted to bring that up. I mean, it's been going on and on and on. And it's not getting, you know, day one it's on the front page, and then after that it's, it's forgotten. And uh, then you start seeing the things going on. And I, I don't want to attack another media outlet, but they've been pushing a narrative that I think from Newark is not useful. And I think a, uh, uh, a religious leader in Israel is saying things and name-calling that is not, is not really useful uh, to the situation here. I think Israeli politics belongs in Israel and American politics and Jersey City politics which we both know has had a, what is he doing, Biden? Sure. Okay, that's my dog. We just got in, and he's got to go upstairs. <laughs> he is very protective. Um, let me introduce you to my grandson. His name is uh, Billy. Say hello to Hercules. Are you named after your grandfather? What's that? Are you named after your grandfather? Yeah, I am. Awesome. Hercules, we have five generations that have the same name. Wow. Going back to my father and my great-grandfather. And then we missed, uh, we missed a generation. <laughs> we missed a generation in uh, Pennsylvania. He was a coal miner. But the generations before, uh, before him fought in the Civil War, and there were some fierce an amazing number of Bill Waitmans around the world. I don't know if we're related, uh, but we all stem from either uh, Wales or, or or somewhere in the UK. And uh, we go back to the Civil War uh, in some cases. And uh, one one of us uh, uh, was mayor of D.C. at the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, his name wasn't William either. It was Roger Chewy Waitman. He had been a prisoner of war in 1812 and later became the uh, mayor of uh, Washington, D.C., and he invited Jefferson and Adams uh, to come down to, uh, to the uh, to the 50th remembrance of the uh, Declaration of Independence. The rest of us have either been That's potato farmers. He, um, he, was, uh, he was some kind of character. He lived almost 100 years. Uh, he died almost in the late 1880s born in the 1700s so he uh, uh, he did a lot of a lot of things but uh, he is reputed to be the last letter writer or letter reader from Thomas Jefferson there's a Fox judge that uh, writes for our local newspaper and um, he knew the story because I published it years ago and he started uh-huh. saying that Jefferson's last communication was uh, with um, um, the other uh, president, I'm forgetting for the second, John Adams, 
there were two John Adams, perhaps actually father and son, and that wasn't true because Jefferson lived was about to lose his home in Monticello, and uh, Roger Waitman was in D.C. So it was uh, it was him that had the last uh, thing, and the uh, two letters are in um, a great museum in Washington. I can't think of it. It's one it's one of the greatest in the world. Uh, they're now in the, on display. So the judges are ruined. I told the uh, editor of the New Jersey Herald that I would write that letter again. But uh, you, your last guest, Astrid, is right. Uh, something's going wrong with newspapers up, uh, around our state because, uh, you know, there's been buyout after buyout. And we've lost about 20 newspapers. It's basically one company now. Uh, and it's you know uh, they greatly changed the paper I was figuring they weren't going to publish anything from me Uh, I'm published by um, Strauss Papers and you know Strauss Papers by uh, the owner of the old WMCA uh, Judy Judy Strauss is his uh, daughter Uh, and with our Peter Strauss you know that was a ahead of a station that played Beatle records, but he did great editorials, if he can remember that, or were around for that. Uh, so they have about 15, 18 newspapers in New Jersey. Uh, they go over to Pennsylvania, and uh, they go all the way down. And I write for Tap Into. You've met, um, you've yes. met their owner, uh, Mike Shapiro. Uh, he has 9 million papers, and he's in Florida, Pennsylvania, uh, he has one million papers here, and he's in a couple of other states, and he's going big and large with, um, oh, guy, the guy that owns uh, public TV in New Jersey. They interview each other. So uh, he, he, I will have him back on a, another day. Uh, but let me, uh, my grandson's breaking nuts here, not literally, <laughs> not figuratively. But uh, why don't you tell Hercules about all the um, the media and things that you deal with? Well, um a Snapchat and Instagram, that's a big part of my life and a lot of my friends' life. It's, like, honestly attached to us. Like, I can't really go anywhere without being reminded of notifications and, like, snaps from my friends. And then there's also YouTube, which is, like, I honestly, it's, like, revolutionary because we can just watch tutorials and, like, whatever and so many videos. It's pretty interesting. Do you make anything for YouTube? Not really. No, I mean... Yeah, not really. There's just a lot of people that I look up to on YouTube and creators. I have a friend that's on YouTube, but her, she's been on Hercules' show. Um, she was hit by a car, and her son was killed by a bus. Uh, so she's been doing a lot of YouTube work. Uh, she does a lot of cable work, so she she gets on. Uh, by the way, Hercules, she got mad at me because I... Uh, Why? Did a, I did something with her, and uh, somebody wanted to jump in and talk religion, and uh, she's right at this point, she's not ready to talk religion because she blames God in a way for what happened to her and her son. And, uh, you know, we've invited her. She's she's pretty. Uh, She was hit by, like I said, she was hit by a car, by a guy stealing a police car in the same town that her son was killed. Uh, So she has serious injuries. You can't tell her because she's into every kind of, uh, you know, uh, vegetable or whatever that can cover that. But she got really upset with me on that. 
So I, I, I hope to have her back. She'll be all right. Uh, we invited her to the holidays or afterwards. But it's hard. Um, do you do anything um, with uh, – you've played in bands. you still playing at all? I mean, not really. Um, I Like, through my computer, I've been able to make music and stuff and put it out, kind of show my friends. It's pretty interesting, like uh, GarageBand, uh-huh. which is the application that comes with most Apple devices. It's pretty cool. You could, like, dabble and do, like, whatever you want pretty much musically. Hercules, have you? Are you familiar with that garage band? No, I'm. I'm not. Uh, although I use technology a lot uh, to do the things I do, I just know enough to get me uh, <laughs> in, in you know pretty <laughs> primitive ways. You know, with the podcast, with the uh, uh, social media. Uh, when I was active on my website, uh, but I'm amazed at the amount of interaction that takes place now among uh, people. Uh, you know, it's like living in a, a whole new dimension. Uh, so I'm fascinated by it. So I appreciate uh, your bringing your grandson on to share um, how his life is like with these uh, devices, uh, because it's almost alien to me. It's, but it's amazing. That's where the old uh, where the, the word sabotage came from. The guys throwing their shoes into the shoemaking machine <laughs> because mm-hmm. they were upset with the technology of the day. And that's pretty much the same with me. I I use computers to do um, you know research. I would into, I would do a survey for the AFLTIO or for the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, or I would go out and follow workers and see what their job was, and you know come up with job descriptions and uh, way of measuring those uh, job descriptions for government or other entities. Today it's a whole new world. Uh, as I mentioned. Uh, uh, Naomi, she does all this stuff. She she's actually doing her music, which is hip hop, and her son's music, uh, dead son's music, which is hip hop, and uh, people are calling up to purchase their music, you know, for their own acts. I I, I just, I'm being aged because I just turned on her channel the other day or, or whatever, and uh, she had three guys that I just couldn't I couldn't understand. But they're going to get a record contract. She has her own re- record label now, uh, and she's putting books on uh, books and music out on Solify. Uh, I don't what know what Solify? that exactly. You know what Solify is? Um, no, I've never heard of it actually. I think it's uh, it allows her to do music and to do poetry. Well, her son before he died, and, and her, they were both writing rap, you know, rap tunes. Uh, but she also writes a really neat brand of poetry. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's harsh and and uh, you know it's uh, you know it reflects violence. But in general, it's it's really peaceful. Hercules, uh, she's mastered it, and you know she's a person that uh, you tell her that you're doing well and your life is changing, and she gets angry because she's still lost in that time period. And many mm. people are when like that happens to her. Uh, I mean, she, 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 you'll see her and she laughs, and then the next day she'll tell you, that I was only faking it. But that's not for real. I, okay, no, I, mean, I have uh, taken her out a couple of times. Um, but uh, that happens. So what, do you, what music are you into, Billy? Um, I am into a lot of hip-hop, and I do also listen to like classical rock. A um, couple artists, like The Baby is one. 
tell Hercules and me who the baby is. The baby, he's a uh, he's a rapper that's been blowing up lately. Um, he just like his kind of his style. Um, it's interesting. It's like rap, but it's also at the same time like funny. And uh-huh. I don't know. I guess the beats are really cool. I guess, but yeah. Who are the beats now? What do they do? Well, no, I mean like like the beats. The, on the, the music? Yeah, I, on the music. Do it's, you read music now? No, not really. I mean... Can uh, you pick up a guitar now and play? No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about the drums? The drums I can still do. Piano, I'm decent with. No, than that. Well, anything else and going Bill, on? Billy is your last name, Waitman. Also, I'm trying to include you in the description for the show. Yes, yes he is. And there's okay. another Bill Waitman before him, his father. His wow. father's up in Sussex County. But we, like I said, we goofed on buying him clothes and things today. <laughs> he didn't get anything. <laughs> so we, we're going shopping tomorrow. <laughs> it's, um, uh, things happen, as they say. Yes. You know, I, I, I occasionally listen to hip-hop. I, I listen to all kinds of music. Uh, I haven't bought any records in hip hop or, or or anything else. Matter of fact, driving up, uh, I was listening to. Uh, you remember Cat Stevens? Yes, yes, yes. I remember Cat Stevens. He, he's under a different name. He uh, he got kind of thrown out of uh, uh, the UK and the US because he became Islam, a uh, member of Islam. But he's a very uh, that was a wrong thing to do. Because he's not tied to any group. And his music, I mean, he really got a break last year when uh, Jeep took one of his songs and uh, used it for a commercial. Uh, okay. You know, really upbeat com- a commercial. And I hadn't seen, uh, I saw Pat Stevens when I was, you know, 18, 19. Uh, I saw him in, in concert. I saw him in a club in New York before he was really well-known. And then he got really well-known, and uh, they threw the book at him. He didn't do anything wrong. And I guess we were lied to. Uh, so I go back every now and then and listen. Some of, Most of his music that's upbeat, uh, he, he was born in England. He just uh, converted to Islam. And so mm-hmm. what's going on, you know, things have happened to other musicians, but I took this one a little hard because... Uh, I was really at the right age for Cat Stevens. Um, I mean, I listened to, uh, I just went to the 50th anniversary of a couple of Woodstock things. Uh, I think I'm wearing a shirt today. Of um, I have to look at what shirt I have on. <laughs> this is, what does this say, Billy? Um, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck with a shirt early. What does that say? Uh, it's oh boy! <laughs> I'm almost stripping here, Hercules. <laughs> it says Woodstock, and it, oh, it says something. I can't read the other part. It's, 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 it's a it's it's a, a member of Creedence Clearwater, one of the brothers. I remember them. And, uh, and uh, he uh, he's been doing uh, acts continuously. And uh, now he has his, his 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 brother and him had a feud. His brother died, um, 
the, 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 the original band actually for a while split into three pieces. There's somebody else out there, one of the band members, but, um, uh, he did, uh, he, he played on Woodstock on the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. And I was amazed. I had just seen Mick Jagger. I don't know if there are any older friends here, fans here, but I had seen him in, uh, in a concert in New York, uh, about a week before. And, you know, he had slowed down in his running, you know, he would run across the stage and everything else. And, uh, he had a heart attack earlier in the summer. So it was some doubt Ooh. that he was going to do it. But, uh, uh, this guy, um, I've got a, I can't wear my, I can't see my shirt. Can you see it? Uh, John Fogarty? Fogarty. John, John Fogarty. Uh, uh, John Fogarty, uh, yeah. Lips. And he had his son and uh, uh, he had a couple of other people through his family. And uh, he put on a, a like a two, three hour concert. And uh, he noted that uh, at Woodstock, he played at three in the morning. And there was only one guy with a, uh, a cigarette lighter or something on. So he played to that one guy. Everybody else was asleep. I was actually asleep because I was there, too, uh, <laughs> sleeping near my car uh, because it did have, it had rained uh, for many hours. But, uh-huh. you know, I'm bringing up music because music, uh, uh, one of the things I don't see, like with the music of, uh, you're on Facebook a lot. I'm on Facebook a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm some of the others I, I dally with, like Pinterest or some uh, some of the others. But I don't really see any real music that pushes people, except m- music from our era. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the people you, you saw the uh, what went on in the uh, Senate and what went on in the House during the uh, the hearings. Uh, yes, I would expect people to be out in the streets. In mass, uh, I thought I know people will be angry at me, blame me, don't blame, blame Hercules. But I thought the behavior in uh, Congress was wrong. I thought congressmen uh, of both and congresswomen of both parties, I'm only focusing on one because one overdid it over and over, and the stuff now going in the other house uh, in the Senate, I think poses major issues for this country. Uh, and, and this has been a long time. I pick up on a lot what uh, Astrid just said. Some of this stuff actually goes it goes up all the way up to the pre- office of the presidency. The things happening on uh, Indian properties and and uh, uh, bridges and uh, uh, you know uh, uh, pollution and all sectors of our economy. Uh, Things happening, reversing things on rivers in America that were just starting to push ahead. We're facing major tr- problems with lead and arsenic and, and other chemicals. It's not just right. Flint in um, uh, Michigan. That original Flint water came out of Detroit. And I worked in Detroit for years on and off. I mean, I would go there a couple of times a year. I went to school at Wayne State. Um, uh, and, you know, you saw the issues that they had. And the same uh, with Newark, uh, the reversals and the things that are going on are really wrong-sided. Uh, they're blindsided. I, I, I've never seen any – I don't know if there's anybody listening that disagrees with me, but uh, um, I, I think it, we have to go back to the, uh, the presidency in the 20s, uh, the one president uh, 
so involved in corruption, um, and it it found that it it fell on mine issues and uh, you know other related issues. Um, I, I I forgot his name at the moment. I'm, I guess I'm having a golden senior moment, but I thought that was the worst. And I thought U.S. Grant uh, was basically an honest man, but had corruption running rampant in his universe uh, in his cabinet. Uh, I thought that was bad. Reading mm-hmm. about Andrew Johnson, I just thought Andrew Johnson was a man uh, that was illiterate. His wife was taught him to read while he was president. Uh, he was allowed to finish his term. But none of the stuff that these, you know, I don't believe the Clinton thing rose to the, to the high impeachment level. These things, you have a president asking a foreign country, two of them, maybe three of them, for help with his problems, that's that's treason. Don't say what they, you know, uh, Pelosi put it in a different terms as far as uh, what's going on. But this is not democracy. What we're heading to, this is really heading to an aristocratic type of government. We don't have kings. We don't have people that uh, uh, don't don't respect the other two branches of government. The House and the uh, and the uh, the Supreme Court, the judicial body. Uh, I don't know about you. I just don't think. I know Pelosi's pretty smart and she's got something up her sleeve, but I think this is going to be a disaster if this goes the way it seems like it's heading. I don't blame her because I think it was the right thing to do. A matter of conscience. There are things that can't be done. I mean. I, I've even seen AIDS and, you know, I, I can't think of the one that, uh, you know, uh, he looked like he was headed for jail. He might have a jail sentence, but he's now appearing on shows and he's telling it like it is. You can't have, I don't recall any president, Democrat or Republican. I actually go back to, um, I at least saw Harry Truman walking in the street. You know, I don't know if you remember if he was president because my father used to take me to uh, movies in New York. You know, John Wayne movies. Uh, after all, he was a World War II vet. And there was Harry S. Truman with literally no security walking around. Today, we've, you know, we've had assassinations on Kennedy, uh, attempted assassinations on Reagan. But none of these guys were like this guy. No, I don't know of any president in history. I mean, um, the senator from Arizona, McCain, he was a, a portrait in courage in the way he dealt himself. I mean, let's go back to the Kennedy election when some woman went up to him and made all kinds of – went up to McCain and made all kinds of negative comments uh, about uh, Obama. And uh, he just said he's an honest family man. That was McCain's word. Uh, we live in a, a world where even decent American history is being – Rather, you know, pushed in the dirt. Uh, I mean, I when I read uh, as a little boy, my classmates gave me. I got hit by a car. My classmates gave me uh, "Profiles and Courage" by John uh-huh. Kennedy and Stephen. And I read that book cover to cover. It was one of my greatest thrills in my life when I, my wife and I, went to New York, and there was Theodore Sorensen standing before me. And walking around the room with me, you know, talking to me about history and 
you know, the letters that he wrote to Khrushchev that pre- really prevented a nuclear war. Khrushchev's comments were, uh, this was the best literature I ever read. And <laughs> there's been some pretty good writers coming out of Russia in the past. Uh, but this is, this is, this is bizarre. Uh, I have. Uh, We're living in very uh, bizarre uh, times, and uh, uh, the polarization is affecting us uh, profoundly. Uh, it's creating all sorts of uh, divides that are growing between uh, the haves and the have-nots, uh, between different uh, groups of uh, people with different identifications. Uh, it's it's really wreaking havoc. We have to find a way to remind ourselves that we're all people and that we share common basic needs and uh, concerns and that the rest of it, we could, we could discuss it and debate it, but let's focus on um, what we need to do to survive and to have a life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, uh, which were guaranteed. <laughs> it's a uh, constitution. Yeah. And just our general uh, history. I mean, that's why I was uh, I was upset to see these two groups in Jersey City attacking each other because they're just getting on the bandwagon too, and other people are manipulating from far and wide. Uh, that shouldn't happen. We should be have, have the ability to think uh, and and be able to understand one another. Uh, I never would have figured. I went to like I said, I lived in Jersey City. I taught in Jersey City. I, I got two degrees out of Jersey City. And I wouldn't expect this in Jersey City. It's uh, it's really it's joining the parade of other things that are going on that are wrong. And you're right; people have to get together. I mean, there has to be. Uh, in the past, congressmen and senators walked across the aisle to you know do things. And one of the best stories I remember is uh, Margaret Chase Smith. She got up and you know during the time of. Uh, uh, oh God, help me out! My memory's slipping. I'm too into <laughs> too. Uh, during um, the years when when everybody was called a communist, when they weren't, with the McCarthy and era, McCarthy era, and she took McCarthy, yeah, she took, McCarthy. She took on oh Bill from her own. They, they just informed me that we have le- less than a minute and a half, uh, so we need to wrap up. To be continued, uh, I want to thank you for being a guest on tonight, for having your grandson be a guest. Billy, it was great meeting you, and I hope to uh, learn more from you in the days uh, to come. Uh, I wish you both a happy holiday season, uh, and may 2020 bring us all uh, much better <laughs> than this uh, uh, has. Thanks a lot. Hope so. And thanks Thank to everybody you, who joined us. Uh, be well and uh, happy new year and happy uh, holidays. Until next time, this is all of us wishing all of you joyous journeys and uh, amazing adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.